Welcome back to another episode of the Bump and Run Podcast. I am your host, Ben Thompson, and as always, I am joined by Charles Norman and Ryan Bush, and we are going to continue talking about those divisions, and we're just going to hop right into it today. We're going to be talking about the NFC North and the AFC South. So without further ado, guys, let's hop right into it. So again, we're going to continue these divisions just like we have been throughout this series. We're going to go ahead and talk about the NFC North first here. We're going to start off with the Lions, who, by all accounts, had a rough season last year. Uh, they were 3-13-1. It's their fourth straight double-digit losing season. And, um, you know, Dan Campbell's had a rough go at it up there in Detroit. So I'll be interested to see what, what's going to come of their season this year. I know they are the team that's going to be on hard knocks, I think. This is a very big make it or break it year for Jared Goff. I know that he had some of his offensive line was injured last year, but um, it'll be interesting to see what he can do. You know, you have Frank, Frank Ragnow. He's their stud center. He's going to be coming back off of a injury that he had last year. Panay Sewell was taken early in the draft last year to be a stout offensive lineman for them. So he's looking to have a big year too. And you got him on Ross eight Brown too. I mean, that guy was a stud last year. Um, I know he pulled in some serious fantasy points for some people and uh, I think he can be that dude again. So, you know, you, you look at the additions for the lions, they bring in DJ Chark. They bring in Aiden Hutchinson in the draft second pick overall. I, I think that he should have went first overall, but. I think Hutchinson's a great defensive lineman. He can wreak havoc on any offensive line. And um, again, they bring in a guy too, like Jameson Williams. He was drafted 12th. He's a receiver out of Alabama. And I, I think he's going to be very good. So I'll toss it over to you first, Bush. Kind of give me your thoughts on the Lions. I know this is a team that's kind of a brush off, if you will. But uh, give us a little insight and kind of what you think about the Lions this season. As tough of a year as Detroit had last year, which I think was to be expected, you know, there was going to be growing pains with um, a first-year coaching staff in place. You know, you, you pick up Jared Goff from the Rams. and You're trying to develop that chemistry. While it was a tough go for them, they were extremely, extremely competitive all year long, especially the last couple of games of the year. A lot of us forget they beat Green Bay in Detroit in week 18, which, as I mentioned, probably led to Green Bay's downfall in the divisional round against San Francisco. So Detroit had a – by all accounts, yeah, it was a rough year record-wise, but I don't think that tells the full story. They were extremely competitive, and I think a lot of that has to do with the, um, the culture that Dan Campbell has brought to Detroit, you know. He's got that Midwest swagger to him. I think he's a very likable guy. Um, I still think Jared Goff is a good quarterback. I really, really do. You've got Amon Rossett Brown, who was a steal for them in the draft and was very good in fantasy. You've got DJ Chark. Um, you've got TJ Hawkinson, who's one of the best tight ends in the league. You bring in Aiden Hutchinson, your first-round draft pick. Jeff Okuda, who I know has dealt with some injuries over the past couple of years, is going to be a stud at cornerback this year. Mark my words, he is very, very good. So, you know, they've got some good young pieces. They're a good team. 
I just think that they had to establish that first year. Okay, you know, we're trying to, we're really trying to work our way through the growing pains, develop some chemistry. I mean, in week one, they they played the Niners pretty tough. They were getting blown out at one point, and then they came all the way back. A lot of us probably don't remember that, but you know, they they were tough. They were a tough team, and I think that they'll be a lot better this year. You know, when anytime Aaron Rodgers is in your division, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a tough go about it twice a year. It's just the way it is. But I do think, however, Detroit will be very competitive. I'm not sure what their over under is as far as wins are concerned this year, but five I can see half. them five and a half. I'm gonna take the over on that. I'm gonna take the over on that. I can see them going six and eleven, seven and ten. That might be a little generous, but I can see them being a lot more competitive because they were very competitive last year. So I think the future is bright in Detroit. Charles, are you going to hammer that over, or do you think they're going to kind of be their old old self? No, because they have a new – I think they have the funnest coaching staff in the league. The players want to play for them. And I'm rooting for them because of Deuce Staley on their coaching staff. And it, um, Dan Campbell, he just brings that different type of juice, talking about biting kneecaps and shit. Like, I wouldn't play for a guy like that. Y'all gonna run through a wall for him, for, you know, to play for him. I think Aiden Hutchinson looks, is going to be a solid player, but I don't think he's going to be what everybody thinks he's going to be. He had a lot. If linemen get their hands on him, there's a lot of problems with him actually using his hands to get off blocks. He's a really good spin move, and he's got a little speed. But if they get their hands on him, he may be done. Um, but I think that's something that with good coaching over the years that he can develop, you know, using your hands. I remember it was DeMarco Farr who played for the Rams in 99 who actually did martial arts to get better with using his hands, and that helped him out a lot in his career. So maybe they can look at that um, for Aiden Hutchinson. And then I think offensively, that offensive line is going to be strong. And you got an old-school type, you know, old-school type of coach, Dan Campbell, playing in the league when, you know, running the ball was still a thing. Deuce Staley, the running backs coach, well, no, assistant head coach, but also, I think he will be the running game coordinator there this year, if I'm not mistaken, because they did fire. Um, oh, I can't remember his name. He's the coach for the Bill, Anthony Lynn. They fired Anthony Lynn this year, who's their offensive coordinator. Jared Goff is the only thing that stands out on this team that, like, you know, like it's Jared Goff. And, you know, he was Jared Goff last year, too. But I think the help with, you know, DJ Truck is going to help him out a lot. A running game will help him out a lot. And defensively, I think you'll see them improve, improve a little bit. That team was always in games last year. There was one game that they weren't in, and that was versus the Eagles. If I'm not mistaken, they were in a lot of games last year. I mean, Justin Tucker kicked a 93-yard field goal against them. And they, <laughs> but it, and the funny thing about that, so, you know, teams travel, you know, every eight years they go back to another, go back to the stadium. And eight years ago, Justin Tucker kicked the game-winning field goal against the Lions. And then this year, past year, he kicked the game-winning field goal against the Lions yeah. at the end of the game. But I, I think they'll be fine. I think, you know, this is, you know, I hope the Lions give Dan Campbell and his staff a chance because this is what development is all about. It's not a worst-to-first type league like everybody thinks it is. And I think yeah. Tom Brady to be their quarterback or anything. So it'll be um, awesome to see how they play. I, I, I would – take the over but only at six wins but that's good for the Lions yeah that's right about where I would be as well I I think that they 
should show some improvement. Like I said, they're going to be on hard knocks. So it'll be nice to get an in-depth look at kind of how things are being handled there in training camp this season. And yeah, by all means, I, I, I wish these guys a great season and uh, looking forward to seeing, like you said, Dan Campbell and his staff just really get the chance, you know, firing a guy early in just based off of poor play. You know, sometimes that's a good thing, but sometimes you just got to let it ride and kind of see how things go. So uh, with that being said, we'll kind of move on to the Bears. They had gone 6-11 and 11 last year. They bring in a new um, new head coach this year in Matt Eberflus from Indianapolis. Uh, defensive head coach. Yeah, they got rid of Matt Nagy and their GM, Ryan Pace. And um, I think this is going to be a, a big year, too, for Justin Fields. Um, I think Matt Eberflus will put together a, a good offensive plan for the Bears. And... Uh, just really work to, to fields a skill set. I mean, when you look at things and how they boiled down last year, they only ran 64 RPOs with Justin Fields, a quarterback. I mean, we know that that's one of the, those types of plays have really kind of taken this league by storm over the last couple of years. And um, I think that, you know, when given the opportunity fields is going to be a very good quarterback The the bears just have to put together uh little bit better offensive line um, receiver, you know, I would say they, they got to get better there as well. You got Darnell Mooney. They just brought in By- Byron Pringle and, you know, one of the big losses is going to definitely be Allen Robinson. They also lost Khalil Mack off that defense. So um, yeah, I'm interested to see what the bears can do this year. Um, I know Jason Peters was thinking about, you know, maybe coming back to Philly, Charles, he might not though, but uh, they, they also lose Akeem Hicks, Danny Trevathan, uh, Eddie Goldman retired. So um, yeah, tough, tough losses for the bears offensively and defensively. They're over under is set at six and a half this year. I think they're going to be under that. I really do. I think it's going to be a tough season for them, uh, but I'm, I'm interested in seeing what Matt Eberflus can do as a head coach. What about you, Bush? I'm very interested to see what Matt Eber to, to see what Matt Eberflus can do as well. Um, specifically because I remember him years ago as a linebackers coach in Dallas. And, you know, he has a very good defensive mind, but I think he's got a great offensive mind as well. The Nagy era in Chicago was so disappointing. And for a number of reasons, you know, look at what he did in Kansas city with Alex Smith under Andy Reed. Now, a lot of people will argue, okay, you know, you're under Andy Reid. How, how good of a head coach can you be? But, you know, Matt Nagy was excellent in Kansas City under Andy Reid. And he elevated that offense to very, very high standards. Now Matt Nagy's out of the picture. The Bears for years have needed to trend more in the direction of being an offensive football team and not so much of a defensive football team. Because everybody, whenever you think of the Bears, you think of the monsters of the Midway. You think about those great defenses that they had in the 80s. And I think that they can still return to that dominant form. However, Justin Fields is a very, very good quarterback. I I really think that. And Ben, you mentioned the number of RPOs they ran last year. That's his game. That is absolutely his game. That is his strong suit. Losing Allen Robinson is going to be tough. But, you know, then again, 
he wasn't faring very well out in Chicago either with Nagy's offense. So maybe it's best that he had a fresh start as well. But again, you know, these divisions are just going to be so competitive. Like I can really see the Bears taking it down to the wire with Green Bay. I can see them taking it down to the wire with the Vikings who have at this point, probably the best offense in that division. I mean, with, with the weapons they have, I see the bears going eight and nine this year. That might be a little generous, but I really think that Justin Fields is going to develop. This is a big year too for him, as you guys mentioned, let's see if he can develop some chemistry with those receivers and Cole Komet, their tight end. He is going to be, very underrated in fantasy this year, in my opinion. I think he's going to be a big security blanket for Justin Fields. So let's see. I mean, year two, new coaching staff in place, new front office in place, new general manager. Let, let's see if the Bears can return to form because I think the NFL is a lot more fun when two teams in particular are really good, and that's the Bears and that's the Raiders because of how historic they are. So if Chicago can take off this year, Look out. I mean, because that division has the potential to be a lot of fun. Charles, your thoughts on the Bears? I hope that they're good because I like Justin Fields. But defensively, I think they'll still be the Bears. I know, Bush, I agree with you. They need to become more of an offensive-focused team. But they tried to do that. Two, uh, I guess, two out of three of their last head coaches were offensive coaches. Now, the one guy, Mark Tressman, I don't know what type of offense he was calling. Matt Nagy was okay. They got him from the Canadian Football League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what the so fuck? That, yeah. And did they have – was – no, they didn't have him there. Okay, never mind. But Matt Nagy was good that first year, but then a double doink happened, and then the Bears just fell off all the way. It was crazy. Because I thought that was going to be a team that could actually be good for a couple of years. Um, but then he just – he let his shit get stale and kept trying to make it work. But enough about the him because he's not there anymore. I think Justin Fields, I would like to see, and I'll just be quick with the Bears, I would like to see him develop this year, take the next step. Because this situation he's in reminds me of Donovan McNabb in those early 2000s. They didn't give him anything. But McNabb was able to put the team on his back. I don't know, I'm not expecting Fields to do that, but I am expecting him to be, you know, be a good quarterback this year. So I, I think the Bears will go as far as he goes. I think they'll probably be around six or seven wins this year too. But yeah. you'll see, you'll see, even though they're six or seven wins, you'll see some improvement there. Yeah, I think they will. Yeah, it, certainly. I mean, you, uh, a guy in year two can only get better. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Justin Fields can do. I remember being out there at that draft in Cleveland and. And for, for a while there, I really wanted the him to fall to the Patriots. And uh, obviously, we got our guy in Mac Jones. So um, anyway, we'll continue on with the NFC North here. We're going to talk about the Vikings next, who went 8-9 and nine last season. Mike Zimmer was shipped out of town in, in favor of Kevin O'Connell, who's stepping in at the new HC position this year. And he's going to be running sort of a like a Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan style offense. He was the quarterback's coach for the Rams the last couple of years. And I think ultimately the, like you said, Bush, these guys are going to have one of the best offenses in the division, if not the league. Uh, 
So you, you got a guy like Dalvin Cook, you got Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and even Alexander Madison is very serviceable. I know when he gets in the game, he has potential to turn it on too, kind of like a like a Tony Pollard. So uh, you also got KJ Osborne there who had some decent games last year, had some flashes. And uh, and I think I talked about this guy before in Irv Smith. He was looking like a promising tight end and he was unfortunately hurt in last preseason. But, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing what they can do on offense again. Like I said, Thielen, Justin Jefferson, those guys, you know who they are. You got Kirk Cousins. He's notorious for getting those high passing yardages throughout the seasons. And uh, I think they'll look good. You know, they even on the defensive side of the ball, they added Zadarius Smith, Jordan Hicks. You got Harrison Phillips on the defensive line from Buffalo. And Patrick Peterson resigned as well. They also brought in Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth in the draft. Um, those guys should be sharp on the back end for them. Obviously, first-year guys, it's going to take some time to mesh and click in with the defensive scheme. And, you know, as far as subtractions go, they lost Tyler Conklin to the Jets. Everson Griffin's gone. Sheldon Richardson is gone. And I believe they also lost Anthony Barr. Um, but the over-under is set at these guys for eight and a half wins, which I thought was kind of low. Um like I said, I know they went eight and nine last year, but I'm going to hit the over on this one because I think they are really going to be giving Green Bay a run for their money this year. Bush, what are your thoughts on the Vikings? They are absolutely going to be giving Green Bay a run for their money this year. As a matter of fact, as it stands right now, Minnesota is my division winner because I don't know what the hell Green Bay's plan is at receiver. They botched that like you wouldn't believe. But that's that's uh, that's for another time. However, with Minnesota, I mean, Christ, look at these weapons they have. They've got Justin Jefferson. I mean, nothing more needs to be said about that. Adam Thielen, who's one of the best possession receivers in the league. Herb Smith can stay healthy. You know, I believe he was drafted out of Alabama. He could be a very, very good tight end for them. And you still got Dalvin Cook in the backfield, your, your, your workhorse, one of the best running backs in the league, probably top three. But, you know, I think for years under the Zimmer regime, Mike Zimmer was a defensive-minded head coach with a ground-and-pound philosophy. And obviously that works with the offensive line they had and Dalvin Cook being behind them. I mean, he absolutely destroyed the Steelers last year on Thursday night football. I, I mean, he, he must have had close to 180 yards rushing in that game. Every open hole was available for him to run through. The Vikings need to figure out how to strike a balance, and I think Kevin O'Connell's really going to bring that. He's a quarterback coach for the Rams. I think he's going to be very, very well-versed in bringing, someone, uh, bringing over some of those Sean McVay concepts from L.A. out to Minnesota. Um the, the Vikings really need to figure out that balance because they'd run that play action, that play action rather, and they'd throw those deep shots down the field to Justin Jefferson, and they work time and time again. I mean, that Kirk Cousins and Jefferson connection was phenomenal and has been phenomenal. Um, and, of course, it always helps when you have Adam Thielen on the other side of the ball. But I want to see a little bit more creativity in that offense as far as that's concerned. I think 
a lot of people feel Justin Jefferson is a one-trick pony, kind of like Deshaun Jackson. And I don't agree with that because I think Justin Jefferson has the ability to run routes all over the field and make timely catches much the same way his counterpart Adam Thielen is able to. So hopefully this is the year they figure it out. Gets a little tiring seeing Minnesota down in the fourth quarter by two possessions. They come back to tie it up and they lose in heartbreaking fashion because Kirk throws a stupid interception or they just have a meltdown of epic proportions. I mean, that has happened so many times. It reminds me of watching the Chargers in the late afternoon window with Phillip Rivers and they were down by six or seven points. And then they'd find like the most heartbreaking way possible to lose the game. So I think Minnesota is going to win the division this year. I mean, how can they not with all of the weapons they have defensively, there's still a bit of a question mark with some of the pieces they've lost, but man, look out if that offense can get rolling and they can add in the ground game combined with the play action shots and maybe a little bit more creativity with some of their other formations. That's going to be a very dangerous football team, man. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I know we all want them to win. <laughs> it's a matter of if they go ahead and do the damn thing. But um, Charles, what are your thoughts on the Vikings? Speak for yourselves. I don't want them to win. <laughs> I know you don't want those Packers to win, though. I, I mean, here's the thing: I don't care if the Packers win because they're going to go out in the first round anyway. So right. I, I'm fine with that. I like <laughs> I like the humiliation there. I think the Vikings defense is going to, we don't know what it's going to be. And you still need defenses, to, a defense to stop the other team. So if, I don't give a damn how good their offense is. They're not going to score 50 points a game. Or I don't want, if they have to be in a shootout with each team, Kirk Cousins is not going to win shootouts every week. It's not going to happen. Good for him, though, that former New England Patriots quarterback and former Reds, oh, sorry. Washington Commanders coordinator and quarterbacks coach was there when uh, Kevin O'Connell was there when he was in Washington and he had some good years on him. Even though, even still, Kirk Cousins is going to do some bonehead shit. And I am, what was the over under for them? But while you look for that, I think Justin Jefferson, I agree with you, but she's not a one trick pony. He can run routes all over the field. Adam Thielen, too. Although Adam Thielen's getting up there, I like the doubt the one-two punch that they have at running back. And I think that if they can lead on that, lean on that more often so that Kirk isn't throwing 40 to 50 passes a game or 40 to 45 passes a game, if they can keep him around 30 to 35, because I think that's all he really needs to do to lessen his mistakes. I think then they, they will be okay. I don't think they'll win this division. I think Green Bay is still going to win the division. Eight and a half, by the way. Okay, I think it's too good to be true, and I do see them at around nine games, so I will take the over. I do see them at around nine wins this year, only because of Kirk Cousins. Right. And will Dalvin Cook stay healthy? Because he was hurt last year, and that was a pretty serious injury. Yep. Yeah, no, and I, I, I agree with that as well. Obviously, you, you don't want to write off a team like the Packers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is still there. We know they're going to be decent. I, I know their offense is going to have a different look this year, but it's – you know, I don't I don't fully expect the Vikings to just leapfrog right into first place. I mean, certainly want them to be a little bit better. And like you said, they got to shore up some things on that defense. But, um, you know, um, 
they'll get there. And I think they will be a competitor with the, the Packers in the years to come. So uh, with that being said, we'll kind of round out the division here talking about those Packers who went 13 and four last season. But ultimately, like I just said, it's going to be a little bit different this year. They got rid of Devontae Adams as he's going to be out on the Raiders this season. They bring in Sammy Watkins and Christian Watson in the draft. I think there's a lot of people that are very high on him. And, I, I, you know, I, I'll be interested to see what he can do. Rookie receivers kind of take time to, you know, get in the fold and figure things out. So uh, it's going to be a big year for him. So he's got some figuring out of things. And they bring in, you know, Jair Alexander again. They, they extend him $84 million. I mean, that guy's a stud on defense. They also brought back Razul Douglas, who Kyler threw that horrible pick to that we always talk about so eloquently. But, um, you know, their, their subtractions are, are the big thing for the Packers. You lose Adams. You lose Valdez Scantling. Equinemius St. Brown. So there's three receivers right there. I, you know, you still got Alan Lazard. But uh, there's going to be some, some changes on that offense. Um, Again, Zadarius Smith leaves, Kevin King leaves. Um, and like I said, you don't want to write the Packers off. Obviously, 13 and four last year, Rogers back to back MVP. So it's like, you know, I, a lot of people want to do this with Brady and they have done it with Brady and he continued to show, like, why the fuck you guys write me off? Like, I'm going to be here year after year after year. And I, and, and rightfully so, I think the Packers will still be very good. But um, like I said, I don't want them to win the division, but uh, I think they'll be right there. And, and I hope the Vikings are there as well. Bush, what are your thoughts on the Packers? Oh, I mean, look, Green Bay could come out and light the world on fire again. And come playoff time, and this is probably very hypocritical of me to say as a Cowboys fan, come out flat in, in their first playoff game. Three years ago, they lost to San Francisco in the NFC Championship game. That was that was a game they they could have won. Then they lost to Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship game. This year they go out in the first round against the San Francisco 49ers. And yesterday there's a video that comes out of Rodgers walking up to the doors, and I know this is going to frustrate Charles a lot, to the doors of the Packers facility in a guinea tea, jeans, and what looked like cowboy boots, as if he was trying to personify Nick Cage. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't know. Like, what type of message are you trying to send if you're Aaron Rodgers? Because I, I don't get it. Like, this this whole fucking pretty boy look is is just, it, it's getting old after a while. And, and I like Rodgers. I really do. But the fuck, man? <laughs> he just wants us to talk about him. And that's what we're going to do. That's what everybody's doing right now. Everybody saw that video. Everybody's seen it a hundred times at this point. The slow motion, the slick back of the hair, the drop in the backpack. So some fucking staffer has to come out and get it because you can't walk well, what it was that 20 about? Feet into the fucking building. Like, yeah, <laughs> whatever. No, ben, I yeah. completely agree with you. The, the, you know, that everybody saw it. The fact that he just kind of tossed his backpack off to the side so some staffer could walk by and pick it up like that was just so arrogant in my opinion but that's Aaron Rodgers he's arrogant he's the definition of arrogant in the National Football League to the main point 
what, what are they going to do at receiver? Um, it looks like Alan Lazard is going to be your number one. Everybody's very high on Christian Watson. You still have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in the backfield. You still have Robert Tanyan at tight end. You extended Jair Alexander. Okay, so you took care of Rodgers and you took care of Jair Alexander this year. Now, I understand that Devontae Adams' decision to move on from Green Bay was, was a bit more personal. It made sense because he wasn't sure what Aaron's future was going to be like. But I, I think they really, really mishandled that situation. I mean, oh, my God. I, I don't know what Green Bay is going to look like this year. Like I said, anytime you have Rodgers under center, you, you've got more than a fair chance. But, you know, this is three years in a row now where they've come up short in the playoffs. What's going to happen this year? You know, they started off very sluggish this past season. They got blown out by New Orleans on opening kickoff. And then, okay, they proceeded to go 13-4. and four. But, like, it doesn't mean anything. It, it, it means absolutely nothing come playoff time. They could go 10-7, and seven, let's say. And I'll still have question marks about their durability in the playoffs. Yeah, they might win a game, but that – Playoff loss to San Francisco was so disappointing. I mean, you know, they come out on the opening drive of that game and they score a touchdown, and then their offense just went flat. So, okay, they still have a lot of pieces that they can work with on that team, but Rodgers developing chemistry with receivers who either have not received as much playing time or are currently rookies, I don't see that being a good mix because let's, let, let's call a spade a spade here. Rodgers is a dick. That's just how he comes off. He, he has this very relaxed California personality. But my God, does he have an ego? And how many times have we seen him shout at receivers on a broadcast? I mean, they're fucking throwing guys under the bus. There's a reason why Greg Jennings and Jermichael Finley have come out in years past and spoke out against him and said, no, he was not a good teammate. He didn't make you feel very good as a football player. You know, Lord knows... Um, him and Favre didn't get along there for a little while. And I, I know that's all been molded, but, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers needs a reality check as well. You know, Mr. Discount double check. Let's see how well you do this year when it comes to really making your money. I'd love to see the Bears beat him. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Even the Lions. That would be fucking amazing. Charles, what about your thoughts on the Packers? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to go on and get some attention. You all did that, so good for him. He got it from you all. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Um, I think overall, the Packers defensively signing Jair Alexander is a big deal. The people in that offense right now, this will be their third year in that system, which is a be a huge deal for them, especially, well, majority of players, the younger players, the running backs. And then I think they think Alan Lazard is going to step up and be a, you know, a big threat for them. Sammy Watkins. While he's been kind of a journeyman in the last couple of years, he's still got that speed. And that's some speed that the Packers really haven't had for a while. Is Randall Cobb still on their team? Or did he retire? Yes, that's a very good point. And so Charles. don't talk about yeah. Randall Cobb because Randall Cobb was there with that quarterback before Devontae Adams was there. So I don't think Devontae Adams made that quarterback. That quarterback was already a good quarterback. I just think it really helped him out a lot to have him there. Obviously, like who doesn't want Devontae Adams? So I think it's, you know, it's, we're going to obviously overreact because he's one of the best players in the league, but they're still going to win this division. I can see them still running off 11 to 12 wins. 
just look at the division that they're in, and I know you all are hyped on the high on the Vikings, but still, I'll take the Packers' offense against that Vikings defense any day. If For they sure. got to, if they get into a shootout, who's winning? Yep. Let's, so and yeah. then the Bears are still in development. The Lions are still. The Lions beat them last year, but the Packers on the end at the end there. So I think it was 37-30 or some shit like that for that game. And I don't think the quarterback played the whole time or a lot of the starters. So I just I'm just not interested in giving him attention. So that's what I got to say about the Packers. I think they're defensively that's gonna be they may become a defensive team like they were in the year they won the Super Bowl in 2010. Right. So before we head over to the AFC South, I Again, like we've been doing for the last couple episodes, I wanted to ask you, Charles, while you're still on it, give us an X factor and give us a storyline that you're going to pay attention to here with the NFC North. Oh, I am going to pay attention to the Vikings. While I don't think they'll win a lot of games, if that offense can click and their defense can be good, then I'll agree with Bush. They'll end up winning that division and probably a little bit more than that. But if that doesn't happen, then, you know, I want to see how creative – like you were saying, that offense can get. Um, and then my X factor is going to be, you know, quarterback of the Packers. Can he play with these guys? Which, honestly, I think he will be able to. But how good can he make them? Because you look at guys like Tom Brady, he makes people good. So how good can he make them? I mean, every time I think about Tom Brady making somebody good, I think of Kimbrough Tompkins. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why my brain automatically goes to him. But He's yeah. done that with several receivers over the years. Yeah. So, yeah. Bush, how about for you, my man? So, my X factor is Aaron Rodgers developing chemistry with his receiving core post Devontae Adams. My division winner is going to be the Minnesota Vikings. Absolutely. I, I, I think that that is going to be one of the more underrated teams in the NFC. With all of that firepower they have, like I said, I know that their defense is still a question mark. But if they, if they can even if they can just play average, I think that Minnesota's got a real shot in the in, in the NFC this year. I I can't see them not being a part of the picture. Mine is going to be, as far as X factor goes, I would say same thing. It's how is Rodgers going to mesh with these guys on offense and. Can they still be as dominant as they've been in years past? And the storyline that I'm going to be looking into is, is how well Justin Fields can be going into year two and furthering his career. How will that uh, pan out for him? And how will Matt Eberflus do with that Chicago offense? You know, can they look better this year? Will they look bad? You know, we, we really don't know. So uh, that's something that I'm going to be paying close attention to, but uh With that being said, we are going to turn it over to the AFC South. We're going to start again with the the team that finished worst to first. So we're going to be talking about the Jaguars, who had a bit of a weird year last year, (laughs) to say the least. They were 3-14, and and uh, the the Urban Meyer experiment failed miserably. Um, As we all saw, Urban was out of there by week 10 or 11, Obviously, all kinds of different stuff coming out of the behind the scenes there with, um, you know, him kicking Josh Josh Lambeau and groping women at a Columbus club and just doing stupid shit. And, 
you know, belittling guys and on the team and in the locker room, and the coaching staff and just making it about him and his winning mentality. And it just didn't happen as, as we could see. So um, they bring in Doug Peterson this year as their head coach. And we, we saw what he did with the Eagles. I, I think he will be somebody who can really help out with Trevor Lawrence's progression as he becomes a starting quarterback here in this league. Um, you brought in Trayvon Walker first overall from Georgia. So hopefully he can shore up the defensive line. As far as additions go for the Jaguars, they bring in receivers, Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. They also get Evan Ingram from the giants and Brandon Sheriff, like we talked about in prior episodes. So um, I think those will all be decent additions for them. Um, as far as the receivers go, I'm not super high on guys like, Christian Kirk or Zay Jones. I mean, they've been flashy in the past, but this Christian Kirk contract that he was given is just like fucking mind boggling. So um, hopefully he pans out with Trevor Lawrence because they're going to be scratching their heads if, if things do not work. Um, as far as sub subtractions go, you, you lose a guy like Miles Jack, who has had some rocky times over the last couple of years. Uh, they lost Carlos Hyde. And we, we've already mentioned DJ Chark goes over to the Lions. And they lost Jacob Hollister as well, who has spent some time in New England. I believe he also spent time in Seattle. And he goes over to the Raiders. So as far as over-under goes for the Jaguars this year, it's set at six and a half. I think that's a little high. I'm going to take the under, but I think they might get about five wins. So it's going to be teetering right on the edge there. Again, I mentioned Doug Peterson. I think he's going to change things drastically for that team. So uh, I'm interested to see how the Jaguars can turn it around. I mean, you heard me mention it in the last episode with, you know, I mentioned Danny Amendola's best game ever was in the 2017 AFC Championship when they played against the Jaguars. So, uh, you know, what can this team do to turn things around and, you know, get back on track? What are your thoughts on the Jaguars, Bush? So I'm in complete agreement. I, I am as optimistic on the Jaguars future as I am any team in the league. I think that Trevor Lawrence walked into a really unfortunate situation last year with um, Urban Meyer. Ben, you just outlined all of the issues that happened. You know, the most notable being after that loss to Cincinnati, you know, he goes out and fucking parties. He's got a woman grinding on him. Somebody takes a photo and then, bam. Not to mention, they lost that game to Cincinnati. So where's your head at? That's a big question mark right there. That was eventually answered when Shad Khan fired him. So I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a stud this year. I think he'll be noticeably improved from his rookie year last year. He went through some growing pains, but I still think he throws a pretty nice deep ball. Uh, Travis Etienne is healthy. They added Evan Ingram, who, if he can catch the football, because that was his biggest issue with the Giants, will be very serviceable. I agree. That Christian Kirk contract was questionable. You know, that there was a lot discussed as far as how much money they gave him. But, you know, what's done is done. Uh, LaVisca Chenault is going to be another underrated fantasy receiver, in my opinion. Very good flex option. I think he's a security blanket for Trevor Lawrence as well. 
Yeah, they did lose DJ Chark to the Lions, but I think that they, they've brought in some pieces that they can work with. And the reason why I'm so optimistic on them being able to work with those pieces is because of Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson, mind you, he was the head coach for the Eagles there for a couple of years and brought them a Super Bowl. Was one of my favorite head coaches. I love Doug Peterson. I think he is phenomenal. Um, I think he got canned in Philly way too early. That's just my opinion. I'm not going to complain about it too much, but I think he got canned way too early. And I think the Jaguars gave him a second chance, and I really think he's going to run with it. You know, the AFC South isn't the strongest division in all of football. It, it, it really isn't. I mean, Tennessee, for as good as they have been the past couple of years, is still very vulnerable, in my opinion. Um, but again, you know, I, I can see teams like the Jaguars and the Lions being extremely competitive this year because they both had very similar seasons. But I think Jacksonville really nailed their coaching staff. And the one thing I love about Doug Peterson the most, he is such a good play caller and he's incredibly creative. So I'm very optimistic on Jacksonville. Charles, Doug Peterson was your guy there in Philly. So what are your thoughts on him heading into Jacksonville and kind of taking the reins there? Just a quick correction. He didn't get canned. He wanted to leave at that point. Uh, it was a mutual parting ways. He I mean, to... you'd know better than I would, but. Yeah, it was sad. I'm still sad about it. I fucking hate Nick Sirianni, but whatever. <laughs> no, I don't hate him. I'm joking. I might think the Jaguars are going to finish second in this division behind the Colts. So I, I like what they're going to do offensively. Um the Christian, and here's the thing with the Christian Kirk contract. When you see a guy that you want and you feel like this guy's going to fit our offense, you pay him. Now, I ain't saying I would have paid him that much, but you do what you got to do. I think that's one of my problems with some teams where they'll want to bid for a player, but they feel like the player's too much. But if it's a player that you really want on your team, you give them that money. Shit, the Jaguars ain't, ain't like they spend money. They, they got all that damn cap from. So might as well spend it. Um, I think defensively, they'll be fine. I like their first-round pick. Who could play on a defensive line or as a linebacker? Like, what type of crazy shit is that? Um, He's really fast, athletic. Doug Peterson and his coaching staff, I think, will be very, very good for a young guy like Trevor Lawrence, who went number one overall, who, you know, last year – there was a coach there that was just an idiot. He didn't even know who Aaron Donald was at one point, right? Like, wasn't that one of the stories, Ben? I think we talked about that. Yeah, who's number 99 on the Rams? Yeah, like, what? Did you ever watch football before? So I I think I think the Jaguars will be fine. I think Travis Etienne coming back will be good for Trevor Lawrence. That's some familiar, somebody he's familiar with. And then with Doug Peterson on top of that, just – it's it's good, you know. Urban Meyer won at the college level. When you got somebody that's won at the net, and you know, the NFL, it helps. It helps out a lot. So I, I look forward to seeing what they can do, and I do think they can finish second in this division because I don't think to, well. We'll talk about the Titans and the Texans, but I, I you know, I'm not high on either of them. Yeah. So, um, moving along, then we'll 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 talk about the Texans. They were four and thirteen last season. They had a couple impressive wins when they did win. They beat the Chargers and the Titans. I think they'll be a little bit different this year, obviously, having Lovey Smith in town. He um, 
is somebody that we talked about with other head coaching vacancies, you know, bring in lovey. He's a, he's a good coach. And I, th- I think he'll, he'll be able to kind of turn things around down there in Houston. You know, the, the quarterback is kind of a big question mark for them right now. Uh, you got to see what you got in Davis mills. I know next year, the, the quarterback class is going to be a little bit deeper with, you know, CJ Stroud, Bryce young guys like that. But where I think the Texans were really set back is with Bill O'Brien. I mean, when he was playing head coach and GM, you know, getting rid of Laramie Tunzel, had the fallout with Hopkins and things like that. It just uh, didn't bode well for the team and uh, really threw a lot of question marks up in the air of where where do we go from here and uh, what comes next. So um, I think, like I said, the quarterback is a big thing. They also just brought in a rookie receiver in John Mechie, who is unfortunately not going to be able to play this season as he was just diagnosed with leukemia. So he's going to miss his rookie year trying to focus on health and recovery. So prayers and thoughts are with him and his family, hoping that he has a speedy recovery because I'd love to see a guy like that take the NFL field. I know he was amazing in college with Mac. And uh, yeah, so speedy recovery to him. But as far as additions go for the, the Texans, they bring in Fabian Moreau. They got Derek Stingley and Jalen Petrie in the draft, bring in Steven Nelson. Um, so I think, you know, the, you got some decent guys there. Brandon Cooks is still going to be in the fold. He'll be there on offense for them. Um, subtractions, obviously, Deshaun Watson's gone. Tyrod Taylor goes to the Giants. As we mentioned last week, Danny Amendola just retired. They lost Marcus Cannon and Justin Reed. So um, subtractions hurt for them. Um, but, you know, bringing in these young guys can hopefully get these guys back on track and maybe get a couple more wins this year. They are set at over under four and a half. I think they get four. But uh, it's like I said, it's a lot of question marks as far as Davis Mills goes and uh, the progression of that offense. I know their defense is. Not awful, but uh, there's there's still a lot of question marks there. So it'll be interesting to see how Lovey Smith attacks this season and tries to turn things around for the Texans. Bush, your thoughts? Yeah, Ben, I completely agree. I thought uh, Mr. Bill O'Brien, who, for the record, is a complete and utter asshole, by the way, was horrible, not only as a head coach, but essentially your de facto GM at the same time. My biggest question mark with the Texans is Nick Casario in that front office. I mean, everything we read about that guy, he's just a total clown. I don't need to dive too much further into that, but what the fuck? I I really wonder how some of these guys get their job titles. But there are a lot of question marks on this roster. You know, David Coley last year did everything he possibly could with that team. I really, really think so. You know, he didn't ask to step in and have to answer all of those questions about Deshaun Watson and all the sexual assault allegations that were coming forward. That was a tough situation. Davis Mills, he's looking like he's going to be your week one starter. He throws a very nice deep ball. I think he throws an excellent deep ball. The, the aforementioned uh, Danny Amendola, who just retired, was the recipient of a few of those. But I, I see Houston I see Houston being somewhat competitive. I can see them going five and 12 this year, maybe six and 11. 
But, you know, that, that there's just so many question marks all over that roster. So many unknowns, I feel like. You know, they brought in Derek Stingley as their first-round draft pick. I think that's a good start. It's a good first piece for building a good defense. But I don't know. I mean, outside of, you know, you know Brandon Cooks, who's one of the best slot receivers in the league, one of the best deep, deep, uh, deep threats in the league, I guess is the best way of putting it. What, what is there to really be excited about with them? I mean, who, who knows what's going to happen? I think Lovey Smith is going to have to work his magic here. But I, I just I – don't, I don't see them being a very good football team. I don't see them being competitive. So I really don't have too much to say on Houston. We'll see how it turns out. We'll see if Davis Mills is their future. But, you know, there is a lot that needs to be fixed with their ownership, their general managers. And actually, Ben, if I can correct myself here, it wasn't Nick Casario who was the clown. It was Jack Easterby. Yeah, I I felt a little bit attacked because I know Nick Casario is one, one of those dudes yes. up in New England. Casario's a good guy. Casario's <laughs> a good guy. I meant to say Easterby. I, the only reason why I got confused was because I know New England and Houston have a big connection there with the front offices. Yeah. And he just got um, thrown into yeah. a shitty situation as well. I mean, he did. It became a you know like you mentioned with Deshaun Watson a a, a major distraction. <laughs> Poor Collie last year had his fucking hands full. So, um, yeah, like you said, not a lot to say on the Texans. But uh, Charles, before we head over to the Colts, what are your thoughts on the Texans and Lovey Smith this year? I love Lovey Smith. I hope he does well. The only thing I got to say about the Texans is that people need to talk about how they provided Deshaun Watson with hotels and NDAs and access to women. They are not innocent in this and they should be facing some type of punishment too that's all i got to say about them fair enough how about for their wins this year let's at least to cover that you think they go over or under four and a half um probably under probably <laughs> yeah not not looking too not looking too optimistic this year for for houston so let's um, just say they'll have less wins than they had ndas given up <laughs> Fair enough. So let's move over to Indy. They were nine and eight last year and they, they missed the playoffs in week 18 after a monumental collapse, if you will, to the Jaguars on the road there in Jacksonville. I think Matt Ryan should be a significant upgrade from the failed Carson Wentz project. And, uh, you know, you still got Jonathan Taylor in the fold. He's going to be that dude. Obviously he's a must have in fantasy but I think one of the biggest questions with the Colts is what they do at receiver. Now, I know they got Michael Pittman there, but beyond him, uh, you know, I, I don't think T.Y. Hilton is still there. They just got rid of Zach Pascal. So they're, they're going to need some depth. Uh, obviously, they have a very good defense in, in Darius Leonard, as he wants to be known as Shaq Leonard at this point. I don't know if you guys caught on to that this week, but um one of the things I saw when reading up on the Colts is they start every year 0-1. It seems like the last few years since 2018, they just like 0-1, 0-1, 0-1 every single year. So, um, and no playoff wins under Ballard or Reich since 2018. And I think one of their other problems has been the quarterback situation. Uh, once Andrew Luck kind of pieced out there in the preseason, they were thrown into a a bit of a circus there. You know, you had guys like uh, Rivers was there. Jacoby Brissett stepped in and played for them. And you had Wentz last year. Now you go to Matt Ryan. So it's going to be different. I think uh, 
you know, if Matt Ryan should get injured, I, you know, I really don't hope that that happens. I wouldn't wish that on anybody, but they also brought in Nick Foles and Nick Foles, as you saw, Charles, he, he worked well with Frank Reich. And um, so I think that will be good. He, you know, he'll be somebody good to have in the locker room. They bring in Philip Lindsay. He has been a great running back in years prior. You get Yannick Ngakwe, Stephon Gilmore is getting kind of towards the end of his career, but he comes into the Colts. I think he'll be a good defensive back for them, as well as Rodney McLeod. And as far as subtractions go, like we mentioned, they lost Wentz. That was uh, just a failed project, really. I mean, Wentz is off to Washington, and we'll, we'll see how he pans out there. One but, second. Uh, they didn't lose Wentz. They gave him away. It's yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, they gave him away, but you know, still a subtraction nonetheless. Zach Pascal goes over to your Eagles. Marlon Mack, who I thought played well for them, and you know, he's gone now. Eric Fisher is gone, who I believe he was a pretty good offensive lineman, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, we'll see what happens with the Colts this year. Obviously, we are kind of high on them i i know this division is going to be kind of wishy-washy there with uh between them and the titans as you mentioned charles how the jaguars might even be in the fold here and, you know these teams uh kind of right next to each other over the last couple of years so we'll see what happens they're over under is set at nine and a half i think they'll go over but again like i said my biggest question is at the receiver and can they get it done? So uh, with that being said, I'll turn it over to you, Bush. Let's hear your thoughts on the Colts. Yeah, you know, like you said, Ben, you nailed it perfectly. Wentz, simply put, was a failed project last year. I think they saw his performance in those last two games, most notably against Jacksonville, when he threw that game away. I'm sorry, but for, for, for there to be any discussion – of Frank Reich on the hot seat this year is bullshit. He can't control Carson Wentz's reckless play and absolutely boneheaded decisions. That's not on him. So, you know, they've had a couple of guys take over, like you mentioned, Rivers, Brissett, Wentz. That didn't work out too well. And now you bring Matt Ryan into the fold. I think Matt Ryan is going to have a hell of a year in Indy, if you want me to be completely honest with you. Now, your big question mark was, Receivers, Zach Pascal, he's now out in Philadelphia. Um, I believe T.Y. Hilton resigned with them. No, he did not resign with them. Okay, so that's another question mark at receiver. Now, you still do have one of the best offensive lines in the league and Jonathan Taylor, which was not something Matt Ryan was used to in Atlanta because there were several seasons where he played behind a literal cardboard box of an offensive line and had no running game whatsoever, other than Devontae Freeman showing out for a couple of years. But that wasn't until the later stages of Matt Ryan's career in Atlanta. So I think Matt Ryan is a huge, huge X factor in that division and how his progression in that offense will work. But I think anytime you pair a very knowledgeable veteran-like quarterback, such as Matt Ryan is, with Frank Reich and that offensive line, and that ground game with Jonathan Taylor, I, I think you're going to be able to make things work. I really do. Um, I can see Indy going 10-7 and seven this year. 
maybe 11 and six if one of those division games fares their way. But I think that they're going to have good shots to beat teams such as the Jaguars and the Texans. I mean, I think that those, I don't want to mark them off as automatic W's. There's a reason why you play the game. But I think that if, you know, one of those matchups swings their way, you're looking at 11 and six, you're sitting right there in the AFC. But again, question marks all around the receiver position. Um, but man, they have such a strong offensive line. I mean, Quentin Nelson is just an absolute beast. And their center, Ryan Kelly, is one of the best in the NFL. So I think Indy has a very good outlook. Um, they've been so competitive under Frank Reich. They really have. I mean, they're always right there especially when Josh McDaniels kind of screwed them and went back to New England. I mean, Chris Ballard had to figure out a whole new plan at that point. And I think Frank Reich is, I don't want to say he's been a godsend for them, but that he, he fell right into their laps. And that, that has worked out to be as good of a situation as it possibly can. So I see Indy being pretty good this year in the AFC, but they need to win their division games just like any other team in the NFL. And if they can swing some big wins with their schedule, I, I think they'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, upon some quick research, I just checked out the, the latest on T.Y. Hilton, and it seems that Ballard says that he is still in the mix. So we might see a T.Y. Hilton return this season. We might not. Uh, there for a while, I think we were talking about the potential of Julio Jones to go there and get reunited with Matt Ryan. But uh, as we found out last week, he is on his way to the Buccaneers. So um, he'll be paired up with Brady down there in Tampa and We'll look forward to talking about that connection next week. But, uh, Charles, let's hear your thoughts on the Colts. I think the Colts will win this division. Um, just to talk about Frank Reich and Carson Wentz a little bit, I don't feel bad for Frank Reich at all because they were saying, oh, he's going to fix him. He's going to fix him. And Carson Wentz showed you exactly who he was, although he didn't have a bad year last year. 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions. There's, and a couple of those interceptions came in that last game. So you look at some of the things, I think the Colts can be a real competitive team in the AFC here. I mean, a lot of people are high on the Bills. They went in there and kicked the fucking teeth out of the Bills last year at, in Buffalo. Um, they beat the Patriots handily. They beat the Car Cardinals last year. Oh, no, sorry. Did they, beat the they did. So I think about those games, St. Matt Ryan. All Matt Ryan has to do is not turn the ball over at the wrong time. Hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor, ride that out. And it doesn't matter. You know, you got Michael Pitt, you got Pittman out there as your wide receiver, who can be a number one. Moali Cox as your tight end. Your defense is really good. Your offensive line is really good. Like you said, Bush, Matt Ryan was playing behind fucking cardboard boxes at one point. He's going to love this offensive line. And I think Frank Reich, while, you know, I am critical of him sometimes, I do think he is a really good offensive coach. And if Matt Ryan goes down, you know, Super Bowl 52 MVP would be able to take over for him. And if that happens, it must be another storybook. Colts will win in the Super Bowl, print the tickets, write it off, bet everything he got on. But, no, I, I do – I'm looking forward to the Colts. I do think they win this division. And they could do a lot of damage in the AFC, unlike, you know, the last division where the Titans yeah, I mean, we talked about it in our first episode, Charles. We thought that these guys were going to make the playoffs last year and get in there and make some noise, which 
I don't know how it would have worked with Wentz at the helm, but I mean, we've seen that they have the team that can get there. Like I mentioned, Jonathan Taylor and, you know, like Bush, you mentioned those guys on that offensive line. It's just like they've got the team to get there. It's just a matter of getting there. You know, you you got to win your division games. You you got to win those games that matter. And like I talked about last week with the Patriots, that's kind of been their problem. So I think we're all high on the Colts. We are all kind of picking them to win this division. But uh, let's talk about the division winner from last season in the uh, Tennessee Titans to kind of wrap up this division here. They went 12-5 and five last year. They were a one and done after getting the first seed. And uh, they've had some pretty bad losses last year to the Jets, Texans, and Patriots. So they are beatable, as we've seen. I think their record was better than they were as a team. Obviously, the the Bengals kind of handled them pretty easily there in that playoff game. I know we weren't very high on Vrabel in some of his coaching decisions last year, but I, I, I think what's going to be different going into this season is Tannehill. Now, can we see him continue to um, play well, or will we see him being this guy who is the, Oh, I'm not going to be mentoring. I'm not mentoring Malik Willis. Well, (laughs) come on, man. Like you want to build team camaraderie. You want to build chemistry. I mean, you got to be willing to work with the guys that are coming into that locker room and, uh, a big one of them that's coming in is Robert Woods. He, you know, he comes in from Los Angeles, kind of replacing A.J. Brown, if you will. I think he will be a big weapon for Tannehill. And then they got Traylon Burks in the draft at 18th overall. He'll be a nice addition to the team. And they also brought in Austin Hooper to to fill the loss of Anthony Ferkser. And uh, Dontrell Hilliard resigns. He's a, a a serviceable RB2 there behind Derrick Henry. And Ben Jones and Jamarco Jones re-signed on that offensive line, which is going to be huge for the Titans. So interested to see what they can do with a revamped offense. Like I mentioned, they lose guys like A.J. Brown, Julio Jones just went to the Buccaneers, and they lost David Quesenberry and Roger Saffold to the Bills. Now that is going to be huge for the, for their offensive line. Those guys are very good players, and um, I think you'll definitely see a shakeup there. So uh, with that being said, the Titans over under is nine and a half. I am going to go ahead and take the over. I think they'll still be right there, but it'll be a nice little battle with the Colts. So I think they get about 10, 11 wins. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with these guys. What are your thoughts on the Titans heading into this year, Bush? You know, I was really disappointed in the way their season ended. You know, Tannehill had a he had a very poor performance against Cincinnati, um, in which he threw three interceptions. Clearly, their ground and pound philosophy did not work as well in that divisional game. But you know, they lost Julio Jones. They lost AJ Brown. I understand you bring in Robert Woods and Traylon Burks, who you drafted in the first round. And you re-signed a couple of very key pieces on that offensive line, and you still have Derrick Henry. But, I, you know, I just – I don't know. I don't know. Tennessee, they went 12-5 and five last year, but, I, again, they, they felt very Dallas Cowboy-like to me, you know. Ups and downs, ups and downs, and then you get to the big stage and, you know, you fucking choke it away. 
I do. I I think that Indianapolis will have a better record than them this year for a couple of reasons. I think Indy's finally got their quarterback situation figured out. I would take Matt Ryan over Tannehill in a tar, in a in a heartbeat. I mean, no question about it. Tannehill is a good quarterback. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna discredit him from that, but he he's really made some questionable decisions that make you scratch your head. And again, you know, he's gonna have to develop chemistry with some of his receivers now because a, a, a big part of the reason why they brought in Julio last year and paired him up opposite with AJ Brown was so that they can hit the two of them on dig routes off of play action with Derrick Henry. And then we saw Derrick Henry get hurt for a couple of little games last year. Deontay Foreman looked okay for them. I think that they'll have a pretty nice one-two punch as far as that's concerned as well. But I don't know. I have a lot of question marks with Tennessee. I think Vrabel's a very, very good head coach. I really do. But they, I, they just they don't know how to push through. They don't know how to take that next step. They lost to Kansas City in the NFC Championship game in 2019. In 2020, they lost to Baltimore. And then this past season, they lost to Cincinnati. So very Packers-like in a way where, okay, they have these heavy expectations coming into the playoffs. But once it's time to show out, they really don't. And I don't know if that's just due to young and, you know, being young and inexperienced, not understanding the aura that the playoffs bring. But, you know, they really have to prove it this year. And they can't have losses to, you know, teams such as the Jets and the Texans during the regular season. You know, those are teams you're expected to beat as a powerhouse in the AFC. Losing to New England's one thing because that's never an easy matchup. But to those other two teams, I mean, come on. So, I'm going to take Indy as my division winner here. I think Tennessee is going to give them a run for their money because they're, they're still a very good football team. Make no question about it. But I'm just, I'm not as high on them as I think most people are. How about for you, Charles? I think stack the box to make Ryan Tannehill beat you. That's all teams got to do to them. Um, losing AJ Brown, Corey Davis the year before that, who really is quite as kept was a really good player for the Titans, you know, at least serviceable and helped Ryan Tannehill out that first year that he was there when they went on that little magical run beating the Ravens and then end up losing to the Chiefs. But then I look at them defensively. The one thing about Vrabel is he's going to be a good defensive coach and he's going to have that defense where it needs to be. The defense isn't why they lost that playoff game last year. They sacked the quarterback nine times. Nine times. The most yeah. was it right. eight or nine? It was. I think it was oh. nine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> most of the quarterbacks went sacked since the Eagles, Donovan McNabb, in two thousand three divisional round against the Packers. I don't know what else the defense could have done. <laughs> I, I still think about that fourth and two play when you run Derrick Henry instead of putting the, Deontay Foreman in the game. No, that Derrick Henry just didn't have a burst. Um. So I think that was one of the questionable decisions that. That Vrabel made last year. I actually would like to see. I know Ben, you like Traylon Burks um, when he was coming out. I think he, you know, he can help that offense out if he can prove. Like he's gonna have to step up fast. <laughs> that that's the thing. Oh, Robert yeah. Woods. Robert Woods is going to be a really good acquisition for them. I, I do. I think that depending on how good Doug Peterson can get the Jaguars, or they're even. You know, Jaguars will be two or the Titans will be two. I do think the Colts 
win this division. Um, and I could be wrong because the Titans, if they can, if teams can't stop the run against them, then they can control the game and make Tannehill a better quarterback. Do we even know if Tannehill is going to play this whole season? Like, what, what if, you know, things start going south and they put in Malik Willis? That's been happening in the league lately. Like, the young quarterbacks aren't getting that much time to develop on the bench. They're getting thrown out there before, you know, we even think they'll be thrown out there. So, I think that's a big question mark for me for that team. And I agree with Bush. Tannehill can be a good quarterback at times. I think he goes on good runs. But that three-pick game against the Bengals was just – it was weird. And all three of us were rooting for the Bengals. I think we all picked the Bengals in that game. So it wasn't like we were hurt or anything. Because when I picked the Bengals, I didn't think that – you know, I thought the game could have went any way. But – the Titans just like Bush said, they went all Acme Packer on us. <laughs> they they really did. And, and and Charles, to your point, actually, and you made a really good point there. I think that Burrow got sacked nine times in the first half, or was it nine times the overall? Whole, the whole game. The whole was game. it the whole game? Okay, because I know we took a beating in the first half. I wasn't sure yeah. if the majority of that came on, but it was nuts. So yeah. I I yeah, I that's how I feel about the Titans this year. Right. And like you just said too, Charles, I, I think uh, the wide receiver position is going to be, um, it's going to be important. And right now you've got two guys that are coming in there trying to relearn, well, not really relearn, but, but learn that system. You know, you got a rookie and you got Robert Woods, who's coming in from LA, who hasn't been exposed to the way Vrabel coaches. So I think it'll be a bit of a change, but like you said as well, you know, with smart coaching decisions, and good play, you can win some games. I mean, we saw what the Titans did against the Patriots a couple of years ago. It was just a, a classic case of Rabel getting getting his ideas from Belichick. And you saw the, the the mastermind aspect of it where they were, you know, just milking the clock and running the ball every play. And just they knew they they knew they had the Patriots number in that game. And they, they they won ultimately based off of the coaching. So I think that's going to be a big thing for them this year. Like you said, Tannehill's got to be good. He's got to play good. And uh, it'll be interesting. But, again, I, I think the Colts will be right there as well. Uh, before we wrap it up, I wanted to also ask you guys about your X factors and storylines for this division. We'll toss it back over to you for that, Charles. The X factor is going to be if Matt Ryan could be what the Colts store person once would be. If he can, you know, just keep them in position to win the games, he only needs to make two or three throws per game. That's every quarterback. He only needs to make two or three throws per game to make to keep the coach in position to win their games. And then the storyline of the season for me in this division is how Trevor Lawrence develops in year two with a new quarterback, an offensive, a real offensive-minded quarterback. Without that dog and pony show, like bringing a Tim Tebow to camp as a tight end. Like, how can he, Doug Peterson, work with him? Right. And you basically stole mine there. So <laughs> I, I was going to say, you know, how, how Matt Ryan works with the Colts offense and how Doug Peterson can kind of turn things around in Jacksonville and develop Trevor Lawrence as a young quarterback in this league. How about for you to wrap us up, Bush? Great minds think alike. Yeah, that's uh, right. I think all, all three of our great minds must think alike because that was exactly what I was thinking too. You know, Matt Ryan – is the X factor in that division by far. 
because all he has to do is keep him in games. And for years, even when Atlanta was at their lowest, he kept them in games. So I think that's really all he needs to do. And he's been very good at that. So that shouldn't be an issue. Storyline will be Trevor Lawrence's development in year two under Doug Peterson. Cause I think that can be a very, very good head coach and quarterback tandem right there. So gentlemen, this was an excellent episode. Yeah, it was. And I'm uh, looking forward to next week. We're going to round out the rest of the divisions. going to be talking NFC South and AFC West. And you know, we're saving that AFC West for last because we've been talking about it all off season here of how good that division is going to be. So um, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Um, I know we've, we've also mentioned talking some fantasy and stuff like that here throughout the last couple of shows. We are going to cut the, we are going to put together a fantasy show for you guys as well. So that's going to be coming out in about two weeks, but yeah, looking forward to the season, obviously training camp just began. So we're all hyped and we're, we're looking forward to the preseason games and things like that. But uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Find us on social media at bump and run underscore pod. Make sure you share the show with a friend and uh, we'll go ahead and catch you next week to round out these divisions. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of the bump and run podcast. 